Welcome, everybody, the American Space Museum. I'm Mark Marquette. We're so glad you joined us today to stay curious. Today is the 1st of January, 1st uh, to 4th of January, but the beginning of every month, we want to highlight the shuttle missions of that month. And I'm mashing them together uh, in kind of an order that they were launched. We're not going to go into detail about every one of them. We're going to talk about the shuttle missions in general of January. Ten shuttle missions launched. Of course, we've got the two tragedies. But here at the American Space Museum, we emphasize the triumphs of the space shuttle era and all of the 30 years of ingenuity and amazing technology that the shuttle era has put on us today. And January is a proud month for the shuttle of the accomplishments. And you'll see that in here just a little bit. But uh, as you know, for 21 years, our nonprofit, the American Space Museum and its U.S. Space Walk of Fame Foundation has been preserving the birth of America's space age right here in its delivery room of Brevard County, Florida. And our humble museum has many artifacts that are so unique. We hope that you just can't wait to come and see them. But uh, tell your friends that we are on video, Facebook, live, YouTube, and Twitch. And then we're doing audio now on Google, Spotify, and Apple. So I'm trying to be a lot more descriptive for all you that love the audio podcasts out there because we're glad that you've joined our Stay Curious program here, which we've approached in 400 episodes uh, uh, born out of the pandemic in, in March 2020. Myself, Mark Marquette, and Marty Winkle behind the controls today running our, our uh, Streamlabs program to make things beautiful. And behind me here, I have the Martian landscape of Columbia Hills that honors our Columbia astronauts who were launched this month. And put that up there to just remind everybody that our astronauts live on forever, even on celestial bodies in the world. But that's a tease because here at the end of today's Stay Curious, we will tell you about one of the Martian landers that landed on Mars in a big medicine ball kind of thing. Uh, and of course, that spirit that landed on Mars in 2004. So uh, we're going to talk about the, the Columbia Hills up there and in a little more detail as we go along here. But always, we love our shuttle astronauts and we love it when they have birthdays. For today, we have a birthday today to celebrate. Happy 52nd birthday to Chris Cassidy, shown here. Chris Cassidy was born January 4th, 1970 in Salem, Massachusetts, but he grew up in York, Maine, went to high school in York, Maine. He is a Navy SEAL who became an astronaut, and those skills came in handy, I'll tell you here in just a minute. Cassidy has three space flights, including long, two long-duration missions, totaling 378 days in space. And he's got 10 spacewalks, 55 hours. So he is tied for the second most with three other NASA astronauts with 10 EVAs, okay? Uh, Jerry, uh, right, uh, Jerry, um, um, hmm? Jerry, no, not McBride. Uh, Jerry, oh, who Jerry? Jerry Ross, about to have a heart attack here with my old brain. Jerry Ross has got 10, but he's really got 11 because he's got a DOD one. They don't count. And I've heard him say that at, at several talks. And uh, uh, the lady with the most in space, Whitson, 
She has 10 spacewalks. I'm not sure who the other American is, but who's got the record for spacewalks? If these guys have got 10 in her second, 16 by Antoloy Solyov, a Russian, of course. Uh, birthday boy there, Chris Cassidy, was a chief of the astronaut office for two years in 2015 to 2017. Uh, he was 10 years as a Navy SEAL. He was on STS-127. And then he went up to Expedition 35 on a Soyuz and stayed for about a half a year. And then in Expedition 62, when he was commander, he actually saved the life of this man here, potentially saved the life of him. Let's don't go back to space there. Luca Parmitano, ESA Italian astronaut, was spacewalking with Cassidy, when he reported water was floating behind his head in his helmet, starting to fill his helmet up, okay, which he could have drowned in his own helmet, and it was happening quickly, and the, the Navy SEAL instincts of Cassidy kicked in, and he literally grabbed Luca, got him over to the, um, the, the section of the International Space Station where they exit to do their EVAs, sealed the door, and started everything to get it the, the air back in there so he could get the guy's helmet off. So really a, a close call that, that uh, many people haven't heard about that story or as close as a call it was. So that's why I wanted to put that picture of, of Luca and Chris in there because I'm sure they exchange Christmas cards uh, 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 as thankful as he's got to be. But uh, uh, spacewalking is not all that easy. They make it look easy, but I'm going to tell you there's a lot of, of, of checks and balances that go into that. So uh, there, there's Chris again. Happy birthday, Chris. Hope you're having a great day. He is a retired astronaut, fairly young, so uh, he's got a, a wide future ahead of him. Ten space shuttles of January, and here's all ten uh, mission patches, the, the, the uh, S space transportation system number, and the year they flew, and I put them in order of the, the calendar date. All right, and uh, we'll talk about a, a few of these very briefly, but as we go to that date, we'll talk about them also uh, on, uh, on the date of their launch. And uh, Keith Sowell, hey Keith, astronomy buddy of mine, he's just used up 830 stars to help us with the uh, our nonprofit. Uh, each star is worth a penny, so a little over eight bucks. Thank you, Keith. Uh, he's uh, an astronomy uh, teacher at a local college here, and you'll be seeing more of Keith as I hope to get him involved with our museum here as well as our Brevard Astronomical Society. And he's here in Titusville. Yeah, Keith was the astronomer, the first astronomy uh, coordinator here at the Space Museum, a job that I've inherited. And glad that he's back. And uh, we're looking for Keith to you to do great things for our museum here as we uh, uh, work together this year. Well, here's the ten shuttle missions. Uh, uh, Columbia was uh, launched three times. Challenger, of course, once a failed launch. Uh, Discovery twice. Atlantis twice. And Endeavor three times. All right. Uh, January is a great beginning month for space shuttle achievements. There were two Russian Mir spaceship exchanges of Americans. Two astronauts flew twice in January. Uh, and the hint is that one is on STS-97 and the other is on uh, STS-72. Brent Jett, a pilot, and Marsha Ivans, a payload uh, uh, 
mission specialist, both flew in the month of January. How cool is that? Uh, two astronauts named Nelson flew together. Hmm, what would that be? Well, that would be 61C there, launched January 12th with Pinky Nelson, who uh, did the EVA to go out and grab the Solar Max telescope, but not on this mission. Uh, and uh, the other one would be Bill Nelson flew on the same mission, our NASA administrator and Florida uh, senator who parlayed his his senator. He was on the way. He was on the science committee at, in Congress, and he basically parlayed that into a flight in 1986 when we thought. It would be easy for Marty and me to go up someday on the space shuttle if our health allowed it. So, um, uh, but that was a, a, a pretty cool mission. Uh, STS-61C had two Nelsons on board. And, of course, we had two tragedies in the month of January. Uh, of those 14 astronauts who died on Columbia and Challenger, two flew their first missions in January. Al Onizuka on 51C and Michael Anderson, L, L was on the, um, L Onizuka was on uh, Challenger, of course, and Michael Anderson uh, was on S, on uh, Columbia. But L flew on 51C, which is a Department of Defense top secret mission, and Michael Anderson was on STS-89. And uh, uh, 89 was, I'm trying to look real quick on my, I gotta consult the. I gotta consult the shuttle scroll here to clear my head that 89. As I look at my quick little sheet sheet here, oh, that was the eighth docking of the mirror. All right, so Anderson got to enjoy that, and and so did L enjoyed space, and and of course we'll talk about them. But we again want to emphasize the achievements of these great astronauts in our wonderful shuttle program, and not bemoan the tragedies. Uh, and, and dwell on them uh, in a uh, irreverent way. Let's say, let's 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 breeze through these real quick. Nothing like a beautiful shuttle launch uh, from uh, an airplane. Okay, uh, seeing the launch go up through a deck of clouds. That was probably a T thirty eight jet with an astronaut on board, photographing that. Um, as I want to back up here a second, Marty, before I go through there, I wanted to emphasize 54 humans were orbited in January on space shuttles, 56 with the repeats of Ivan's uh, there and uh, uh, Jet. Eight of, the eight of the 10 launches happened before noon. So our buddy Triple T probably liked that, uh, that, it was, that there, were, there was only one night launch, STS-72, and one night landing at Edwards Air Force Base, 61C. Five of the ten missions had seven crew members in January. And as far as where they landed, well, of course, we know Columbia and Challenger didn't, but Kennedy Space Center had five landings in January, and three were at Edwards Air Force Base. Of these beautiful missions up there, that I've got their patches up there and their dates, four missions deployed satellites, two missions went to the mirror, Two missions tested spacesuits and ISS tools to build the space station. In two laboratories, the, the, the materials lab and the micro lab, the materials lab of 42 and the micro lab of uh, Columbia, STS-107, were, um, were flown. And there was one Department of Defense mission there. There are facts on there. Now, I love looking at the shuttle patches because they're all very 
distinct and, and interesting. Uh, Marty, you've got a, a comment? Yeah, Tom Allen Valentano said 89 lifted off at 19. Okay, Tom Callum says, hey, I'm being corrected at 89 lifted okay. off at night. And that's something I don't have on the scroll, but I do have on this right here my uh, uh, there's there's all my notes I took the other night putting this program together. 89 was indeed launched at 9:48 p.m., and that is the only night launch of the uh, 10 launches. They were all in the the morning, except one was uh, at. Uh, 2.50 p.m. 51C. So, yes, the one-night launch, thank you very much, was the, the one to go into the Mir space station there. Um, like I said, I love the beauty of the, the patches there. If I can enlarge those, Marty, uh, make those bigger. So There we go. Uh, you've got the triangle of 81s, a very unusual patch. A lot of shapes were never repeated. And isn't it odd that STS-107 is the only patch of the 135 shuttle missions that is the shape of the shuttle. And, of course, everybody knows 51L on the far, far, far right, one of the most beloved. And you notice between McAuliffe and Jarvis at the bottom is a apple for the teacher in space there. Every patch tells a little story about the mission as well as the crews. Uh, 54 up there in the upper right was a Department of Defense mission, so why not just have the Eagle there flying down like, hey, we're going to launch this satellite and swoop over you uh, uh, countries that don't like us or whatever. Good. Thank you, Marty. All right. So I did want to mention all that as we get into a beautiful shot of the, the shuttle going up in space. And to highlight each mission quickly, STS-32 in 1990 launched on uh, January 9th. This was the retrieval here of the long-duration experiment facility. That the LDEF is, the, is how Marty and everybody in the shuttle world call it, LDEF retrieval, after it was uh, taken to space uh, four years earlier in 96 and unfortunately left there longer than they wanted to because of the Challenger explosion and the downtime of a year and a half there. There's being retrieved, pretty beat up. A lot of the, uh, this was covered with all kinds of paints, materials, anything you can think of to be exposed to space so they could see how it reacted to space to build better spaceships and better space stations. The next flight was, uh, there we've got our good friend of the museum, Dr. Winston Scott, he did an EVA on STS-22 in 1996. There's Winston, always smiling like that. And we love Winston Scott. He does a lot of great for our uh, museum as well as the lots of other places around uh, the Space Coast. He is a vice president at the Florida Institute of Technology in Melbourne uh, uh, and uh, just a great guy. But what I love about Winston Scott is he is a trumpet player. Uh, on par with Miles Davis and very good trumpet player. Got a scholarship for that uh, to go to college, actually. We hope to see Winston soon in our museum and on a Stay Curious broadcast. He's been on a, our show before. Thought we'd throw in there for STS-61 and the two Nelsons, uh, a uh, uh, really a 
a kind of a all-star cast of, of, of astronauts there. You had Hoot Gibson, Charlie Bolden was on his first flight. Uh, Chang Diaz uh, was on his first flight uh, of seven. And uh, that's Charlie on the, on the left as the pilot and Hoot Gibson's on the right. This is how they rode the shuttle, the first 25 launches, okay? It's sort of like, you know, well, we don't want to wear your jeans and T-shirt, so let's all just wear the, the, blue, the blue suit to space. And uh, that's Stephen Hawley back there in the middle looking like me in the, uh, in the back of somebody's van going to a ball game. Just, okay, just get me there, you know. We're on the way there. And, and I make no light of it, but we thought the shuttle was so safe that you wouldn't need a spacesuit. The helmets were basically... Uh, to provide them a little bit of air, had the cabin started l losing pressure, and uh, to make sure their heads don't bounce against something. They were basically uh, racer helmets in the time. There's Winston. And to celebrate uh, STS-81 and the fifth shuttle docking with the Mir Space Station, where they dropped off Jerry Leninger and brought back John Blaha, that was launched on January 12th, the same day as 61 was launched. Uh, 61 and 81, uh, 61C and 81 share the uh, 12th as the uh, launch date, and we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, around that date. They exchanged Jerry Leninger for John Blaha, and Marsha Ivins is shown here. She was a crewmate of that seven crew members up there, and she is uh, in the Mir Space Station, and that is uh, uh, Leninger right there. That they dropped off in one of the Russian cosmonauts in the mirror. Give you an idea, boy, this thing's really kind of small in some ways. Basically, just three school buses put together. You'll see a picture of it here in a minute. I uh, keep going backwards, Marty. I'm... The next launch uh, was uh, on uh, January 13th, STS-54, and they put up the important TDRS, Tracking Data Relay Satellites. All right, they also had an X-ray spectrometer on board. These are our, our important satellites that all of military data, a lot of military data has gone through all this, but the shuttles communicate. Space station data now goes through the TDRS, and they're, they're strategically placed. Uh, I think there's six of them now. That uh, A couple of them are about to go off. Uh, this is what Challenger was putting into space was the TDRS uh, communication satellite, very huge. Uh, it unfurls. The big cone at the top is an umbrella antenna that folds out, and those are the solar panels on the side. And launched on Jan January 16th, 2003, was the Columbia Crew of 107, a macro space hab. Okay. Of course, we lost them February 1st. But they, we celebrate what they did in space. They had 16 days of wonderful science doing everything that they trained for on Earth. Like here, they're at Kennedy Space Center checking out some materials uh, together as a crew. Another crew, the uh, STS-42, uh, uh, was launched on the 22nd of January eight days in space on a materials laboratory. And here you see some of the astronauts working, pretty voluminous, uh, don't ha make me say that again. Inside the cargo bay is this module, and this is the inside of it with the astronauts doing their thing that they trained for months and months, I'm sure, on just one experiment. 
And uh, finally, back at the mirror in January, and this time in 1998, with the docking of the mirror, the eighth docking, where they dropped off Andy Thomas, the last astronaut to go up there, uh, 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 for David Wolf. David Wolf had been up there for about a half a year, and Andy Thomas was going to be the last one to stay at the Mir Space Station. And I wanted to show you what the Mir Space Station looked like with the shuttle docked to it. Well, who took the picture, Marty? Well, the picture was taken by asked cosmonauts that got in their their uh, Soyuz spacecraft and did a little eh, tour around the, around the thing. It was planned. They wanted to see the space station, what it looked like. I think they were going to another docking port, so a progress supply ship could dock there. But it was basically a little tourist trip around the space station for the Russians to document what the facility looked like with the shuttle attached to it. You see how huge the space shuttle is. 122 feet long, all right, uh, from tip to tail. In the 78-foot in the wingspan there isn't apparent. Uh, but uh, that gives you an idea that the shuttle's about almost, you know, two-thirds of the size of the Mir space station. So they were so happy for the shuttle to dock up there for one big reason, and that is fresh air. Man, they opened up those doors and windows. Well, they didn't open up the windows. They opened up the doors. But it was like a spring cleaning when the shuttle went up there. And that was one of the reasons the shuttle went up there, to actually exchange all the bad air for the good air in that uh, beer space station. And um, another mission that we had was 51C. This is the Department of Defense mission. There's L. Onizuka on the left. And Lauren Shriver, who Marty knows pretty well because they ran some marathons together. At least you ran around the Kennedy Space Center with them a few times, didn't you? 5Ks. 5Ks, okay. Uh, Lauren Shriver, uh, like Marty always reminds me, you know, all of our astronauts are great and wonderful people. But you hear always wonderful, exceptional things about this man, Lauren Shriver, as well as you did L. Onizuka. Uh, Triple T's good buddy. Uh, before he passed away, Tra uh, Travis Thompson's told us a few stories about uh, L and, and what a great guy he was. But there they are uh, on a Department of Defense mission, probably one of two pictures allowed to be taken on this uh, uh, top secret uh, deployment, obviously, of a um, satellite. But maybe not. Maybe they had lasers in the cargo bay and were shooting them uh, at, at things for testing. But that's why it's a Department of Defense mission. And here we have the last launch, of course, of January, January 28th of, uh, of uh, Challenger 51L, the 25th shuttle launch. That is the entire crew except for Dick Scobie, the commander, and Barbara Morgan is the lady on the right there. Of course, Krista McAuliffe is in the middle. Barbara Morgan was the backup teacher in space. And I chose this picture to kind of give you an environment of like, what? That's their little training room there with those lockers over there and... And just an old chalkboard, green chalkboard up there. Yeah, they're humans like us. They train where they did. They got their lunch out in front of them. Uh, somebody, maybe Dick Scobie's uh, uh, giving them the insight into something else on there. And, of course, that's L above my head there, L on Azuka. So we certainly enjoy looking at our shuttle era and, and uh, 40 years ago when it began, uh, three decades of great innovation and great human triumph. Uh, and, of course, human tragedy, but we are so blessed for what these people 
wanted to do and knew the risk. And we rose from those ashes and, and, and finished the International Space Station in basically their honor. And we're going to honor all these astronauts who passed away of Columbia and Challenger and, of course, our Apollo 1 astronauts at a wonderful ceremony January 29th on Saturday at 11 o'clock here at Space View Park. Uh, the museum has partnered with the city of Titusville for years to provide a venue where people can come. Over at the park are bronze plaques of the astronauts' names circling the flag over there, just beautiful park. And that's right next to Space View Park where the handprints of astronauts are and the shuttle tribute. Uh, and so we are going to broadcast that live on all of our platforms. F Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitch will be uh, videoing our on our astronaut memorial January 29th at 11 o'clock, and you'll be able to hear it on Google, Spotify, and Apple audio podcasts. So, from the shuttle to end our little program today, we got to go onward to Mars because we cannot forget one of the most important moments of unmanned space history. I really don't need my notes to talk about it is the landing on Mars January 4, 2004 of the Mars Exploration Rover called Spirit. Okay, it, this was a, a golf cart-sized rover. Remember, we've got two SUV-sized rovers right now on Mars, uh, Perseverance and Curiosity. Well, we had this was the first of two golf cart-sized rovers that were supposed to last for 90 days, and they ended up lasting this one for six years, Spirit, and the other one for 10 years, Opportunity. And there's, of course, Mars, uh, features that you that I've seen in a telescope, by the way. This was taken by the India orbiting, tele, uh, orbiting spacecraft called Hope. What, the, what these two spacecraft landed in was a big bag of like nine inflatable canvas balls that the whole thing was capsulated in. And yes, it hit the ground after coming out of its re-entry uh, heat shield, hit the ground and bounced about 21 times, okay? Uh, they know how many times it bounced by sensors in there. And then when it stopped bouncing, the bags were, the air was let out of the bags and the pedals came down. And over here on the left side is where the rover uh, spirit crawled off of the bag, uh, the, the landing. Now, this was called the uh, Carl Sagan Memorial uh, landing spot. Someday, maybe one of your grandkids will walk up to this and take pictures of it. All right. I'm convinced that, that we might even bring it back someday and put it in the Smithsonian. This was technology that had never been tried before, landing on an alien world. Let's just put it in a, let's just put this sensitive spacecraft in a bag and let's just bounce around for a while and we'll let the air out. And I think it'll work. All right. And imagine the rocket scientists that proposed that over the, the meeting at Jet Propulsion Lab. But it did work and it worked twice beautifully. And we've not gone back to that. We've gone back to landing uh, the, uh, the, the opportunity and uh, curiosity were landed with a, a ship that, that just well, it was a hovercraft that then they were lowered by a crane to the surface on their wheels. But this is a great technology. There is an artist's rendition with a real photograph that Spirit took of it on the sideline, uh, on the sides of exploring, okay? 
And uh, we're going to show you in our background here. Here is where it looked when it landed and got its legs and was looking around and saw these hills in the background. Okay. And so the, they decided to name them after the Columbia astronauts. And I wanted to emphasize those hills were eventually climbed on by spirit. Uh, it took over a year to get there. I think they're about uh, two and a half miles away. I forgot to check that. Oh, no, there it is. It says three kilometers. So times 16, yeah, is, is a, they're about a mile and a half away. Uh, and they're, they're named after all of the, the uh, astronauts. Uh, but there's the rover uh, and uh, what it looked like uh, climbing. And why did it last more than 90 days and one lasted six years and the other lasted almost 10 years? Because of these little guys, dust devils. Here's a little gif movie that uh, this was a big surprise on Mars that its atmosphere is as thin on being as being on Mount Everest but yet it's enough to sustain these columns of wind that are circulating around and they become dust devils these dust devils were so prevalent where opportunity and spirit landed that it actually cleaned off the solar panels because that's what we're looking at here are the solar panels that were the energy source. Now, Curiosity and Perseverance have uh, radioactive thermal generators on them so that they don't have to depend on solar energy. They are, will be powered uh, for at least 20 years if they, if they survive by the nuclear power on them. But these dust devils actually cleared off those solar panels of dirt and dust. And there we got the Columbia Hills that Spirit went up and on top of Husband Hill in the, in the middle, stood on the top of that. Uh, it took it about uh, a year and a half to get there and then took a panorama. And then it went, and here was what was with it. Uh, we never forget, NASA never forgets, and we never want you to forget the sacrifices. And here we, on Mars, is this little... They found something on the side of uh, this uh, uh, experiment package. Let's put the, the logo and in memory of our, our, our fallen heroes there, as well as naming mountains or little, little hills after them. Here's where we have an orbiting spacecraft called Mar Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. There you see the rover tracks, and there you see Spirit. Man, that's a pretty clear picture of Spirit. Uh, towards about in its fifth year, and it climbed up onto the home plate there, and then it one of its wheels fell through some of the brittle uh, surface there, and it got stuck. And uh, it stayed there stuck in, uh, for about a year and kept transmitting more data and more data. And then finally, the energy was going down, down, down as it wasn't moving. And this is an area where there weren't many dust devils to clean it off, and it finally succumbed to its battery power. But not, not bad. Uh, it lasted um, six years, 77 days, and Jet Propulsion Lab guaranteed 90 days. So pretty good return on your investment there, JPL. And, uh, and that's one thing about NASA uh, and, and unmanned spacecraft that are built mostly by Jet Propulsion Lab and their other contractors is they either break right away or they last five or six or ten times longer than the lifetime expectancy. So when we kind of end the program with a Martian sunset, that is the sun as it looks setting in a pinkish Martian sky. So we're glad that you're with us today. 
on Stay Curious. And we're more happy that we could share space history with you and look at our exciting month of January, a lot of accomplishments by our wonderful space transportation system in January. And though we had two bad days out of that, uh, it is because of the perseverance and what we've learned from those tragedies that we were able to continue. So, Marty, thank you for what you've done today behind the scenes. Again, David, uh, Chris Cassidy, hope you're having a nice 52nd birthday. And we will be back tomorrow on Stay Curious with some more space history and shuttle news uh, for you. And so on behalf of our wonderful museum here and Marty Winkle behind the scenes and Jessica Galloway, who's uh, worked, uh, uh, she worked off, uh, off base today out of the studio. Thank you for everybody, what they do here to embrace our Stay Curious program. So please come back tomorrow and enjoy some more space history and news about outer space to bridge the space between us. <laughs>